What's up, Videolanders? I'm your host, Dr. Diamond Doug. Triple D. And with me tonight is my co-host, Mr. Miggity Mac. Mm-mm-mm. And tonight's episode is sponsored by Booty Sweat. Bam, bam, bam. Nut Bar. Yeah. Quick reminder, you can find us on AdventuresInVideoLand.com or on our Facebook page at Adventures in Video Land. We are critics with attitude. In many of the AV podcasts, you'll hear some bad language, mm-hmm. but that's not really our style, so we'll try to keep this rated PG-13 mm-hmm. with some farts, some drugs, and Robert Downey Jr. in blackface. Also, spoiler alert, if you don't want tonight's movie ruined, pause the episode, watch the movie, and come back later. With that said, tonight... We'll be talking about Season 8, Pantheon nomination number 4, Tropic Thunder. <sighs> Nominated by Brad McBoom, guest voter Giselle Butler. Before we get to any of that, let's chat about Pantheon. Mr. Yes. Miggity Mac, what yes, is sir. Pantheon? Well, Pantheon movies are films that hit on all cylinders. Acting, directing, script, score, cinematography, special effects. They are essential viewing and they have that... That 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 X factor, the je ne sais quoi. I don't know what that means. Mm. Best, they are the best of their genre. There are nine members on the AV Council, and every three weeks, a council member nominates a movie. Everyone else votes yes or no with their reasons. In addition, there is a guest voter, and the Facebook poll counts as another vote. So there's a total of eleven votes. Mm-hmm. Each movie needs a two-thirds majority to get into Pantheon. That is. Seven votes. Oh, so how'd we do so far this year? Well, we've had three movies so far this year. Scott Pilgrim vs. The World, which got eight of 11, so it's in. The Fantastic Mr. Fox, nine of 11, so it's in. And Hook, which was soundly rejected, only four yeses. Sorry, still no Robin Williams in Pantheon. No, no, no. All right, before we get to this, uh, let's do a little foreplay action right there. I've got some player choice right there. Favorite comedies or favorite meta movie stuff? I think favorite comedy would be Favorite comedies is a low-hanging fruit and easier to hit. It's so so quick. Uh, Blazing Saddles, Mrs. Doubtfire. Tommy Boy. Tommy Boy. uh, The 21 Jump Street I would throw in there. That's, yes. Hot Tub Time Machine. Hot Tub Time Machine. Which is kind of both meta and comedy, right? A little bit. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, the uh, any uh, any comedic television shows that you're uh, you're a fan of? Uh, I uh, I really like Ted Lasso. Yeah. Uh, uh, which apparently not other, an up- others do as not well. Not an uproarious laughter no, thing, no, but no, but occasionally. Like, yeah, steady yeah. on. And uh, and uh, and I like uh, 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 Star Trek Lower Decks. Yeah, very fun stuff. Very uh, fun stuff. In the same category would be maybe uh, the Orville. Yeah, also pretty funny. The um, and, and I I liked Brooklyn Nine Nine when it was on. So like go. that was that was kind of like a need to see it television yeah. for sure yeah, must sure. see tv as as it were there you go all right let's look at tropic thunder get some movie facts going here it's rated r it's an action comedy directed by ben stiller who also did zoolander secret life of walter mitty and he all directs, the other movies that we've seen he directs himself quite he regularly does he does and we've seen him acting all over the place screenplay by justin thoreau who did iron man 2 and rock of ages ben stiller and eaton cohen who did Men in Black 3. Produced by Stuart Kornfeld. 
Ben Stiller and Eric McLeod, who was the muse for the character of Les Grossman in this film. That's amazing. So, cinematography by John Toll, who did many giant epic movies, including, but not, not limited to, Braveheart and Cloud Atlas, um, and the epicness was on display for yeah, this movie. It certainly was. Edited by Greg Hayden. Music by Theodore Shapiro, who is a frequent Ben Stiller collab. Production, Red Hour Productions, which is Stiller's production team, and DreamWorks Pictures, distributed by DreamWorks and Paramount. Released August 13, 2008, U.S., and running time of a svelte 107 minutes. Mm -hmm. So, this movie had star power, comedic star power. Lots of Ben Stiller, Jack Black, Robert Downey Jr., Steve Coogan, Jay Baruchel, Danny McBride, Brandon T. Jackson, Bill Hader, and Nick Nolte, to name a few. Synopsis from IMDb, which, when I read these synopses, it sort of reminds me of things that you would see ChatGPT spit out. Yeah. Uh, Like, like there's no soul in this, and uh, the movie is much much more than just this line but at imdb synopsis says through a series of freak occurrences a group of actors shooting a big budget war movie are forced to become the soldiers they are portraying that is suitably boring as a synopsis yeah it doesn't even sound like a comedy no it it's, doesn't it's like this like, oh this is some sort of deep drama this could yeah that that this could be the a dra- a dramatic uh, yeah. uh, conceit as well. Right. Ratings and reviews. Why don't you run me down some of this? You betcha. IMDb, 7.1 out of 10. Metacritic is rated 71 on 39 reviews with a user score of 7.4. So it's in the C. Yeah, C range for all three of those, really. Yeah, like it, it's 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 passing its classes, mm-hmm. but it's not acing them. Yeah, it's it's you it, know it's, it's not, not an, it's out. not it's, an honors. It's not a rising classmate <laughs> there. Yeah. Rotten Tomatoes, 82 percent rotten, 71 percent audience score, and on Google, 82 percent liked it. So, uh, top of the pops here from Rotten Tomatoes, Donald Clark from Irish Times picked him out because it's St. Paddy's uh, Day this week. The tension, it's fresh. The tension between what the film says and what the film does helps support one of a dozen or so layers of snarky self-aware humor. I, and I do like the self-aware humor. Yeah. Where they're literally make, making fun of the whole industry. Deborah Ross from The Spectator rates it as rotten. The bulk of this movie, alas, comes down to weak sketches held together by ridiculous action, vast explosions, and more or less everything else it should be parodying. So, switching over to Metacritic reviews to grab some of their critic reviews. Uh, We've got Lisa Schwartzbaum from Entertainment. Metacritic rates her review as 100. It's raunchy, outspoken, and also a smart and agile dissection of art fame and chutzpah of big-budget productions. I always pronounce that word chutzpah in my brain. Chutzpah. But I say it correctly out, out loud. It's chutzpah. Chutzpah. It's chutzpah. It's like, you know, you get your tchotchkes <laughs> over there, you get your chutzpah. I'll have chowder and chutzpah. <laughs> Rick Groen from the Globe and Mail of Toronto uh, his review is rated a 50. Uh, Tropic Thunder is an assault in the guise of a comedy. Watching it is like getting mugged by a clown. Now, I can't say that line without laughing, so I would think getting mugged by a clown would be funny, and I've seen Joker, yeah. so I'm thinking... Yeah. 
So, uh, and, and I'll just note the from the Metacritic reviews from their, you know, when they're looking at the critics, that 50 was the bottom. Right. Like, it wasn't, there wasn't a 20. There was no 10s and 20, 20s. 10s and 20. It was 50 was the bottom. I noticed, and I, and I don't want to jump ahead to what we talk about, what we're going to talk about, but I've also, just a real quick little note, I've noticed that in a lot of the reviews, the the, the, the ones, the people who, who saying they didn't like it, didn't view the movie as a parody of a parody of a parody, right? No. They or, or almost like a love story to the movie industry, a love uh, letter to the movie industry. They were viewing it as like it's a serious movie, but it's not really funny, it's not really a comedy, and it's not really serious. Yeah. Uh, but you can't change someone else's point of view. So, yeah. so uh, Metacritic hoi polloi, the users. The regular folks. The regular folks, 7.4 overall. 641 reviews, 471 of them positive, 97 were middle, and 73 were on the bottom side. Mm-hmm. Pulling up the top, David W. gives it a 10. Best film of the year. Uh, and that was up against Dark Knight, by the way. Uh, how did and, and how did this not win the best picture? Comedies deserve more credit. This movie was incredibly intelligent. It's sad that some are not intelligent enough to realize this. Dad. Dad. <laughs> Paula. Paula, the user Paula, rated it as a 2. 2. Gross. Offensive. Barely a chuckle. The uh, the uh, there was several in the bottom user reviews that were uh, these triad of uh, snark. So I don't right. know if it was one person just popping off just several. Flaw, uh, like that. Yeah, but again, so, you know, it's uh, movies are subjective. We talked about that more than yeah. once. And, yeah, it has to entertain you for you to be entertained. That's all right. Point. Moving over to the AV Facebook comments. Yeah, our own our own people right back here at home in AV. So we will start up with Alessio Pasquale, he, who says yes. Uh, would you like one of these on the table? I, 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 I saw you I saw you getting a little tired you, you there. Right I didn't ahead. know if you I'm needed, needed. I'm golden. We we we. I'm, I'm after off. our first for our listeners, longtime listeners. Yeah, that, uh, we in our first season just were doing so many drugs during the podcast. There was just generally mountains. the microphone sat on a mountain of powder right yeah, in the middle of the table. Yeah, it was just so much cocaine. It just like there was a lot. Uh, just for tonight, brought it back. You know, we like did. The, yeah, we just, did. And, we and have a huge mountain of cocaine I, with us I, tonight. I've been hesitating, uh, you know, taking any. Uh, any uh, how do you do this? Does this get injected again? I always forget. Yeah. Anyway, I've been hesitating doing that tonight, but I'm telling you, it's, in it's, honor it's, of, it's a late evening. Uh, in honor of Jack Black's Jeff Portney, yes. uh, who... Uh, if I could just have was, a jelly bean, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah, these are my jelly beans. <laughs> Brandon Falk said the first two-thirds of the movie are excellent and comedy gold, but it loses steam and gets cheesy as hell in the final act everyone starts making dumb choices too like why in the hell did no one pick up an actual gun after getting the bad guys to put their weapons down with the prop gun so frustrating and dumb and he goes on from that point alicio pasquale who you mentioned but yeah, we didn't said, get into his text. i said what he said you just you? you missed it because it was miss- so short no, it's usually so long wait what did he say yes oh just yes yeah no i said it uh, no. But it was just it was it was so short it zipped, you missed zipped it. Right by Joshua McLaughlin, uh, a, a, a very uh, regular commenter, 
uh, here on AV, said, outside of Tom Cruise's hilarious portrayal of your typical cliched cocaine-snorting Hollywood executive who peaked in the 1980s, I don't feel this film was strong or bold enough in its commentary to succeed in its comedic aims. So we have Babatunde, Ahamai, says, Tropic Thunder is actually one of my favorite movies. Talk of an action comedy that truly delivers on all levels. John Shippey says, does a duck's uh, boner, boner drag seaweed? Yeah. Hell yeah, it does. It is Pantheon, a movie that makes no apologies for what it is and isn't afraid to offend. It checks all the boxes of a comedy, which to me is, it's funny. Tom Cruise's character should make the Pantheon Hall of Fame right alongside Robert Downey Jr.'s. So, much like Ron Burgundy, John Shippey knows that if it's written on the cue card, we will read it. We're going to read it. So... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, John Thanks, Shippey John. and your duck boner. Does it drag Dory Beezled. Hmm, that's a tough one. That's it. Yeah. Bill Allen says, This is actually hard for me as a work of satire and basically one giant exercise in trolling. It's brilliant. However, there are a few things that don't quite hit the mark for me. That said, my vote is still yes. The acting and the satire are too good to leave it out. And you got Bill Wheat. Says, yet another film I saw in the theater and really enjoyed. Ended up buying and watching a few times, but I'd say this one is worthy of Pantheon at this time because it's held up pretty well for 15 years. Oof. Yeah. And, and you know something? When I rewatched it, uh, actually, I rewatched it twice for this episode, and both times I was actually looking for, like, uh, there's got to be something. This is an older movie, right? It's 15 years old. It's got to be something here that, like, eh, that doesn't play so well in today's uh, day and age. I didn't find anything. I mean, no. I'm aware that that uh, Robert Downey Jr. in blackface and Ben Stiller playing a mentally handicapped person. The, the use of the word retard. The use of the, yeah, the word, the, the language. I understand why they did that. They didn't do that to make fun of those things. No, they're making fun of Hollywood they're and their exploitation. Exploiting those things, exactly, yeah. yeah. But anyway... All right. Let's, uh, let's talk receipts. Let's talk receipts. Uh, you did some homework on this. I did. I did so quite guide a us bit of through homework. this. Well, starting with Tropic Thunder, uh, as you said, August 13, 2008, uh, directed by Ben Stiller, 107 minutes. Production budget, $92 million, which, by the way, I thought was actually pretty small considering all of the crazy explosions mm -hmm. and stuff they did. Domestic gross, 110.5. That's U.S. Worldwide, 195.7. The average ticket price... In 2008, for a movie ticket, was $7.18. So, quick little math using our BSI patented, trademark, copyrighted, registered, registered. Uh, what we we compare the uh, U.S. domestic take box take divided by the average ticket price to determine how many butts were in the seats. Right. This this uh, movie has a butts and seats index of 15.4. Which is just about twice what we know as everyone knows the Fight Club standard, which is of course seven point three million yeah, butts so and it, seats. It's a little more than that, and then here's the here's the plot. You know, if Fight Club did seven point three million butts and seats, this one does fifteen point four yeah. million. Now, yeah. it, it did not do poorly, and it also didn't lose money. No, no. So, so by comparison, I looked up sure. several movies that uh, had like similar actors mm -hmm. or similar seats. 
And the first one is called Satan's Alley. Yeah. Came out January 13, 2006, 155 minutes. Was directed by Ang Lee, who also did Brokeback Mountain. No, it's kind of an art film. It's an art film. It's not everyone's taste. So no. The, the, but, but it was it had accolades and it was starring the five-time Academy Award winner Kirk Lazarus. Kirk Lazarus, who everybody is well aware how many uh, how many uh, Oscars this man has won. Yeah. Uh, it, production budget was $14 million. Of course, it was uh, a, a, a case study, an interpersonal study, so it didn't have oh, yeah. special effects and stuff like that. Domestic gross, $83 million. Worldwide, $178 million. Uh, average ticket price, $6.55 in 2006. So it had a BSI of 12.7. Respectable. Respectable. Respectable for an art house film that challenges people's... And that, uh, did, and that film didn't win the Oscar that year. Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, so, uh, Scorcher 6. Yep. Scorcher six in the, out, in the in the incredible Scorcher series. The whole series came out. Speed Tugman, yeah, 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 yeah. Tug Speedman. Tug Speedman. Yeah, sorry. right. No, no, no. But no, I like Speed Tugman. Actually, yeah, it's yeah. actually a funnier name. Anyway, Scorcher six came out July first, twenty fifteen. Hundred twenty six minutes. Directed by Alan Taylor, who also directed Terminator Genesis. Uh, production budget one hundred fifty five million dollars. Domestic gross. 89.7 but worldwide 440 million over 440 million way made back its production budget the average ticket price in 2015 was $8.43 so Scorcher 6 had a butts and seats index of 10.6 million which yeah I mean very respectable yeah I mean the the first one that came out it was it just, did well. it, it just I think it had a BSI of like twenty five or thirty, it was. I thought it was even higher. Oh, yeah, but that. but yeah, for part six, right? You're still thinking, make, wow, yeah, and yeah, they're yeah. still making money. So uh, also, uh, this is uh, starring Jeff Portnoy. Yeah, we already mentioned him which earlier. We mentioned him earlier. And the this, fatties. Yeah, yeah. Right. This is before that uh, he had hit the news with all his drug problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was yeah. So this came out February twenty fourth, two thousand six, hundred seven minutes. Directed by Tyler Perry. Who you may know also did, for example, Medea's Family Reunion, mm -hmm. amongst others. Production budget was six million. Uh, six million. Apparently, a lot of just uh, a traditional special yeah. effects, you know. Yeah. Uh, domestic gross sixty three point three million. Just and so much money for a comedy, right? Worldwide, another hundred thousand worldwide. Sixty three point four yeah. million. Average ticket price that year was six dollars fifty five cents. So a BSI of nine point seven million. Yeah. You know, I mean, come on. Yeah. On a $6 million budget. Oh, I love this next one. Yeah, so uh, Tug Speedman also was in this movie, Simple Jack, which came out 20, December 23rd, 2005. Controversial because of his portrayal of a mentally yeah. handicapped now, Jack. And not, not a lot of people. I mean, it got it got like a Razzie that year, it, I do it believe. It did. However, when you look at its performance, now this was directed by Jesse Nelson, who also directed I Am Sam with uh, what's Sean his Penn. Name? Sean Penn, right. A production budget of $22 million. I think a lot of that went to Tug Speedman's salary. Yeah. He's, he can draw the money, you know. Uh, domestic gross, $40.3 million. And worldwide, get this, $97.8 million. So, really did well. That year, the average ticket price was $5.80. Yeah, for as much flack as it got. It and, got a lot and, of flack. Uh, yeah, yeah. 
but average ticket price that year was 580 so based on its domestic gross a bsi of 6.9 i mean it almost met the fight club standard yeah, and it probably and I, I do believe that it made a lot back worldwide in dvd yeah, and vhs I, yes yes, yes. Uh, in, especially in, in asian markets the, the yes. there was a lot of vhs sales so finally uh we go with apocalypse now i don't normally do this many comps i usually just yeah. do four but apocalypse now i mean it has a kind of a similar you know, like a war, I guess wartime. I guess so. Yeah, it came out August 15th, 1979, so a much older film. 147 minutes, directed by, and I'm not sure if you're familiar with Francis Ford Coppola. No. I think he's related to Nicolas Cage. You know who that is. Uh, Coppola directed The Godfather. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a Pantheon movie, so I suppose we, you know, he's he's there. Production budget, $31.5 million. Uh, domestic gross, $96 million. Worldwide, 104.9. Now, the average ticket price in 1979 was $2.47. So, uh, Apocalypse Now has a BSI of $38.9 million. And it went on to having a, a documentary, that a Heart of Darkness, that came out about it. Uh, yes. About all the stuff that went in the background of the yes. movie. So. And then we've got, like, yeah. like inter, uh, 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 not Interstellar, uh, 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 the one with... Uh, the movie that just came out that's based on the same storyline, but it's in space with, uh, 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 shoot, I can't remember his name. Thinking Star Wars? <laughs> no, that's all right. Uh, not Interstellar, but the other space movie came out around the same time with uh, uh, Martian, the, the guy from Fight Club. You're talking about Brad Pitt? Yeah, with Brad Pitt. In any case, they made a space version yeah. of Heart of Darkness with Brad Pitt, and it didn't do as well as Apocalypse Now. <laughs> yeah. Well, not all can be winners, that's ah, for sure. That's for sure. Hey, uh, we have on this table uh, something... Next that, to the pile of drugs. Yeah, we have something that uh, it, sometimes the council members will leave us little little things right here. Like uh, a gift? Uh, like a bribe. Like a bribe. Like a bribe, for sure. And we have, uh, on the table, we've got a, a letter. There's an envelope. It says confidential top secret on the outside. Yeah. And there's a card. In this card here. And oh, I was hold, hold on. Hold. Yeah. All righty. Yeah. This, Ooh, this says, is from G5 Studio Productions. Uh, a card serving our video land, keeping us safe. The work you do and the sacrifice you make mean more than words can ever express. Hope Aww. you know how much you're admired for your strength, commitment, and the person you are. Because we're patriots, really. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially. Sure. We have a memorandum and a letter here now, from, from G5 Studio Productions. Oh, that's Les Grossman's studio. Yeah. For, uh, to Triple uh, D and Mac from Les Grossman. Uh, CC Incredibrad uh-huh. it says uh, wow the two of you are great additions to Videoland we owe you a huge debt but seriously a nutless monkey could do your job he's not wrong and then uh, I'm going to have to uh, edit this a little bit as I'll I read it, it on the I'll fly read it for you. I got look you. blank sticks I'm incredibly busy so why don't you get to the point of the podcast before I snap your dicks off Weird. and jam it into your asses just say yes to Panthan because if you don't say yes my fist is going to be so far up your um, shit holes mm. that every time you do a podcast you won't be able to sit down without experiencing excruciating pain I will massacre you I will you up so with that said go to town continue the podcast and in the meantime as usual go 
F yourself. F yourself, he says. Thanks for your service, Les Grossman. P.S. My retarded studio executive, Rod Slalom, dipped, dropped off some jelly beans and Diet Coke. Enjoy your night. You've earned it. Oh, that's, that's so, so sweet. That is, he is so nice. We that's don't so always sweet. get letters from him. Thanks, Les. I hope oh, you're listening. That is so or nice. Or at least your assistant, assistant is listening and taking yeah. notes. Yeah. And on the table, we do have a six-pack of Diet Look Coke. We have some two kinds of jelly beans. Sweetheart jelly, sweetheart jelly beans. And some Sour Patch some jelly sour beans. Patch. And, and, oh. and a six-pack of the little mini Diet Cokes. Oh, just exactly just the kind of thing. Such a nice thing that would help. All right. So, as a matter of preface, before we get into this little deep dig right here, mm -hmm. reading from the nomination yeah. from uh, Brad McBoom. Incredible Brad, a.k.a. <clears throat> that he sent us a note on the sideline to, to the two of us and said, this year I want to just mix things up. I've got several movies, but I want you to talk about a movie that you'd like to talk about. So he gave us a list, and uh, it had a number of things on there. And then we looked through the list, and he said, yeah, let's go with this one. So that's right. where we were right there. Don't right. make fun of me for I'm organizing the jelly beans. I am, a, I am I, appreciating you 1,000%. I didn't even mean to do while that. While you organize your jelly beans by color, a.k.a. flavor. Uh, Roy G. Biv, even. Yeah, Roy G. So. And I know that you're going to start eating the ones where there's more of them first, because then there will be an even amount. I will. I will, indeed. So there are four blue, one green, two yellow, two orange, one red, and I predict you will eat two blues before anything else. You do, because I have to get down to that. <laughs> uh, my friend knows me well. So, he says, The guys decided on one of my favorite comedies of all time, Tropic Thunder. Why is it one of my favorites? Because it m m m makes me laugh till my eyes rain. Below are a few reasons why you should vote yes for Tropic Thunder. And I've trimmed this down just a little bit. But number one, they don't make comedies like they used to. We live in a sensitive culture. I miss the days of ballsy comedies. It seems that opinions about Tropic Thunder are divided, while some people find the film offensive and feel that it should be boycotted for blackface and using the R word. Others see it as a classy comedy that should be appreciated for its humor and satire, pantheon comedy. Number two. The story cracks me up and is one of the funniest plots for a comedy. In addition to the story, the movie is very quotable. Pantheon script. Number three. I love the fake trailers. Honestly, one of my favorite parts of Tropic Thunder is Satan's Alley. I would watch an entire movie with Robert Downey Jr. and Tobey Maguire as gay priests. Pantheon all by itself. Number four, I love movies about making movies, and this is one of the best in the subgenre. Number five, RDJ steals the show as Kirk Lazarus, Pantheon performance. Another spotlight, or another highlight. Number six is Tom Cruise as film producer Les Grossman. Cruz was practically unrecognizable under the prosthetic fat suit. He's vulgar, over the top, and perf absolutely perfect. Maybe the best cameo of all time, Pantheon cameo. Number seven, the rest of the cast is absolutely incredible. Pantheon Ensemble. On a side note, I laugh my a-hole off every time Ben Stiller's Simple Jack is on the screen. So there you have it. Those are just a few reasons why I love Tropic Thunder. I could say a lot more, but I think the above reasons make a good case for Pantheon. Tropic Thunder is one of my favorite comedies of all time. Grab a cold can of booty sweat 
and enjoy the movie. Don't hey. go full retard. Vote yes for Pantheon. He ends with. That's a that's quite the uh, the the uh, strong strong <laughs> nomination right there. So. Uh, let's start off chatting about some uniquenesses, challenges, insights, any of that. So, pass the ball to your court, and what are you thinking about right now? Uniquenesses and challenges, insights? Yeah, I think I think that, obviously, and we've already talked about a couple of the challenges. A couple of the challenges are uh, some of the characters, uh, Kirk Lazarus' character, who they said went through a surgical procedure to darken his skin, but actually it was just makeup the entire time they showed later. Uh, and also uh, 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 Ben Stiller or, or uh, Tug Speedman's uh, Simple Jack. Um, those those are two things that actually do make it a bit of a challenge of a movie. Because, as he said, some people are going to be, uh, that's just a little too far for them. That feels like he's making fun of or taking advantage of um, uh, minorities and underrepresented folk. That wasn't the intent, I don't believe, but, but even so, I can see it as a problem. Uniqueness, however, I don't recall other than maybe like something like the producers, a movie about making like a movie about making a movie about making a movie, like yeah. multiple layers of this abstractness. <clears throat> and then even to go all in at the end and have them at the Oscars, uh, standing up there winning against Satan's Alley, for yeah. example, like the whole deal that was just uh, like tops, right? Yeah. Like. The, the, those things are, are super cool. I do really enjoy most of the comedy. I thought that the uh, the uh, uh, there were some characters which I thought their performances, while they're great performers, uh, Matthew McConaughey, by the way, is a fabulous actor. I like him in virtually all the stuff that he does. But I thought his character just sort of fell flat. Yeah, that could have been writing. I don't know, but it wasn't. You know, it wasn't there for me. And and, and the head of the um, the the uh, uh, Cambodian uh, rebels, the little kid, the little kid. I I don't think that his character like stood out to me. It wasn't funny. It wasn't serious. It wasn't anything. It was wasn't even a good foil to be worried about. Like you know, as the big bad guy or whatever. So, um, and I think those are those are some challenges. Right? So I let's just one of the challenges is going to be that this movie is a comedy, but it's also a vulgar gross out violent yep comedy that also is taking swings like you had just mentioned with with uh, at various uh, people groups that are in the minority or that you know yeah. that they that they are targeted by by yeah. other They've by been historically targeted uh, and abuse yeah so because it's a comedy because it's a vulgar comedy, because um, I was just thinking while you were talking that one of the things that just kind of washed over me was how male-heavy the movie is as well. That there's just almost no female presence right. in the movie. Right. Um, but, not but, I think that one of the things that would be a challenge for the council and people voting on this movie is that you know i watch this movie through a male lens and it hits me in a certain way partially because it's made for me mm. it was made for me at the time it was the you know this is the 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 
the white male, you know, yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah. middle-aged, stereotypical, stereotypical yeah. 18 to 45 Joe white six male pack. Joe six-pack demographic. Yeah. It's not necessarily made f- with the female uh, audience in mind. No, my wife can't stand watching this movie. She, she finds yeah. there's nothing so, in it. I also don't like watching her Hallmark movies at Christmas yeah. time. So I think that movies, one of the challenges for just for this movie is not only is it a comedy, which some is different, you know, we've talked about this many times, that it's subjective and there's different tastes and stuff, but also that it's got a very male-centric uh, view of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Other uniquenesses, challenges. Like, you mentioned a uniqueness. The movie within a movie within a movie. Within a movie that, yeah. that, and the characters within a character within a character. Yep. Like, that That happened. That was repeatedly... Even uh, 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 the, the um, Al Pacino, yep. like... He's he's a character inside of a inside of a character inside of a inside character. of another character. Like yeah. almost everybody was multiple layers deep, uh, uh, and so you know whether it was because of addiction or because of some hidden secret they had or just because like they couldn't. Yeah. They Except couldn't for Tug Speedman, who had no layers. No layers. He either. He, he was nothing. He was flat. <laughs> what you saw was what you yeah. got. Yeah, and that's you know that was the comedic foil yeah. on that. I would say that. Um, and we we can get into some of the more breakdowns of uh, other yeah. things on acting and stuff, but um, I think that's a, a good. Those are good things to consider in terms sure. of uh, uniquenesses and challenges. And then now, we'll mention insights. some other stuff. Insight. This is the other yeah. piece, and this was for me when you looked at all those layers of the characters. If you really thought about them, and uh, it wasn't layers for Tug Speedman's for Ben Siller's character. It was just faces like masks. Everybody had masks on. His were literally just masks, and he was literally underneath, and you saw him through every mask. Yeah. Everybody else had layers and layers and layers. And so when you looked at them, uh, there was a very, to me, there was a very Breakfast breakfast Club uh, 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 feel to it. You know, at the end of Breakfast Club, they write yeah. the letter. But to ourselves, we are a brain, a, a beauty queen, uh, yeah. a criminal, right? A An jock. action star. Yeah. A, a, a comedy. Exactly. A slapstick comedy yeah. guy. Uh, you know, uh, a yeah. drug addict, uh, a closeted homosexual. Uh, you uh, know what I'm saying? Pre- All those things. Yeah. A 42 so actor. Yep. And, and I thought, yeah, an actor who takes himself self so seriously. Self important actor. Yeah. And yeah. so, so to me, I saw those as insights in, in uh, a bit of a, a bit of a, a gi- like blown up huge, like giant billboard version of the insights that you'd see in a movie that's like, I'm just like I'm saying, like The Breakfast Club, that was actually made to be a case study where no one was more than what they were yeah. in The Breakfast Club. In this one, everybody was everything except what they were. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of cool. All right. So breakdown and standout moments, acting, casting, how'd you feel? Like you had mentioned some already. Yeah. And like I said, uh, I, I mentioned Matthew McConaughey. And, I, and I'm sorry, I don't know the young man's name that played the head of the Cambodian Re- Cambodian rebels. But I think they were Cambodian rebels. They were in Cambodia, right? Yeah. So anyway, um, uh, but but I think that uh, primarily, uh, and some of the, the other uh, reviewers have mentioned, um, Tom Cruise, uh, Ben Stiller, uh, Robert Downey Jr., and Jack Black. Those four just hit it for me they they were constantly hitting my funny bone in the stuff that they were doing and uh setting aside the the odd uncomfortableness of some of the roles they were playing um i i thought they were 
fabulous. Yeah, and I and, the only and, women in this movie, by the way, were dancers for Booty Sweat and Buster Nut King. Yeah, and then at the Oscars, at the Oscars, was there was a few there. there yeah. The um, so Robert Downey Jr. was nominated for the Academy Award for Best yeah, Supporting for best, Actor for this lost, movie, which is crazy, in, in, right? Lost uh, in memoriam or you know post mortem to uh, Heath Ledger for Dark Knight, right? Um, but I thought he did fabulous. So did Tom Cruise. That yep. I think I liked Ben Stiller in here. I don't. I know he's not everyone's flavor. No, he's he's one of my flavors, and I yeah. most of the time like him, and I liked him in this movie. And for the most part, I like Jack Black. There was like, um, he's Jack Black, and I like him. The like, there's a tension there with like he was up against some of these other actors who are just really have their chops and yeah he's jack black yeah um al pacino was fine the uh, like i thought he did well jay baruchel yep. was a fun foil of the regular everyman that I, was in there you know what talk about jay baruchel i always forget he's even in this movie his and I, it wasn't him i think it was the way his character was was written but also the way it was portrayed he was <coughs> like if his character wasn't there at all the movie was the same movie Yep. And I realized he was the one pointing things out and encouraging them to do he, this. And he do that. was the he was the 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 eyes of the audience. Yeah, you know, he literally he was, was the, outside the movie while he was in the movie. Yeah, right? um, but yeah, so I, I liked it through. And it, it, like as you mentioned, and this was the 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 young actor who was playing the 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 lead for for the the flaming dragons. Yeah, the that, rebels. Yeah, um, and they could have played him even more vulgar. And yeah. more violent for the comedy, yeah. But they didn't. Nope. They did that with the little kid that was the little kid that was stabbing yeah. Ben Stiller. In the end. <laughs> okay. He was over the top, yeah. evil. Wasn't he? Uh, fun fact on the uh, the uh, Matthew McConaughey's character is that he was a stand-in for Owen Wilson, who had just recently, before this movie, had uh, an alleged attempted suicide attempt. Mm. So he was on recovery. Mm. So McConaughey came in as a Last minute as a stand-in. Just picked up and did it. So, the and I don't know if that, that led to his acting being, you know, less... I don't know. No, I don't think so. I, I, I think that the character wasn't really written... Uh, there wasn't much, much to thought it. And depth. But it's also an agent, he, and there's not much one Right, he was a one-note yeah. character, and he did what he's supposed to do. Directing and editing, how'd you feel? I liked it. I liked the way it was edited. I liked the way it was put together. I didn't. I personally didn't find any moments in the movie that went, "Wait, what?" You know, where they yeah didn't explain something or they put things out of order. Sometimes that happens. Uh, Brandon Full could mention that the uh, that the last third felt uh, a little sluggish. The first two thirds yeah. were very solid, but for me, it was solid all the way through. I thought it was solid through, but that's my. Um, I also liked the very smart placement of the fake trailer ads before and then uh -huh. the tie-in to the oscars at the tie end the oscars at the end that it was a nice through line but it like edited i thought it was edited just very well mm -hmm. um screenplay and story do you like the story i did i liked the concept of it uh and and i thought the screenplay was done was done pretty well like i said i think there were some there were some portions some characters and some roles that almost felt a little extra uh, maybe even unnecessary but but uh, for the most part i i liked it i i do wish they had done a little more with nick nolte's character i realized he was a big chunk yeah. of it but but his character was so obviously what he was there wasn't any real layers 
besides the fake. Until they pulled his hands off, and yeah, then he and was a fake then, guy. He was a fake guy. But it was clear. He was but a fake he was guy still kind of the me. same guy. Yeah, same yeah. guy, just without the fake hands. Cinematography and locations. The the guy who does Braveheart did this, and you know, holy smokes, yeah. this was just over the top. Yeah, and I don't think he does anything halfway. It's shot in Hawaii, where Ben right. Stiller lives. The right. uh, but the just yeah the i the locations were great mm-hmm. uh it it had a real feel of it you did, were it felt it, like you it, were in the you were in the, in the thick yeah, yeah it did feel uh, that way score you know my uh, memory of music it is that the that the music was what you would expect in this in in the actual type of movie they were yeah. supposedly filming right yeah like an apocalypse now like a, a, a any vietnam vietnam movie like, so like you're expecting to hear don't fear the reaper yep. or or you're going to hear yeah. something else yeah. the uh, yeah. the uh yeah i i thought it was very serviceable there was nothing mm-hmm. that drew me out of it um any things with special effects and notables? So the bad special effects were bad for a reason. Like they were bad on purpose. Like the weird hook hands with the arms that were like yeah. six inches too long on Nick Nolte. It was like, okay, clearly that's, they're not even trying. And the bad black face that was on Robert Downey Jr. That once he took his his hat and wig off, you could see he was still, like his skin was still white. It's like, uh, yeah. No, but that was done on purpose. That wasn't bad special effects. I thought the explosions, the fight scenes, the... The stuff that crashed and blew the up. The napalm blowing was the iconic. The napalm was amazing. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, if you may have noticed that that when uh, when uh, Tug Speedman, Ben Stiller's character, won the Oscar at the end, right behind him was uh, 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 um, 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 uh, the special effects guy from the yeah. shoot who plays him. Uh, Danny McBride. May, uh, yes. Danny McBride sitting back there holding his Oscar that he had apparently won for special effects yeah. prior. So, I mean, you know, they were just heading on into themselves. One thing that I did notice, uh, because this movie is a parody of a parody of a, you know, uh-huh. like that it points to Hollywood, that they used the Wilhelm scream mm-hmm. as the, one of the first sounds that you heard where there was an explosion. Yeah. And then also when the little kid gets thrown into the river. Right. They use a higher pitched Wilhelm scream. That's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I fully expected to hear a mini me yell from Austin Powers, but that didn't happen. X Factor. <laughs> X Factor. You know, for me, the X Factor of this movie is just that, like, I'm squarely in the demographic this movie was made for when it came out and today. Um, and so uh, to me, it, it hits it, right? I, I, there's no mystery that I think that this is, that this is a, a really good movie. Yeah. A fun movie. Even with its downsides even with its faults i still think this is a pretty good movie yeah and i was just gonna say the same thing i'm like i'm the target i'm the target audience what genre is it in if it's supposed to be the best of its genre like if you make a movie and it's in a completely or virtually new genre movie making movies about movies parody right what what are you gonna talk about movie 43 which was horrible like that's no way I, you know, you've got uh, you've got um, Plan Nine from Outer Space, and Johnny Depp did the uh, that uh, the take on that the um, the black and white film. Uh, yeah, where he was where crossdresser. Yeah. Oh, I can't think of the name. But yeah, yeah. And yes, you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's it's, it's that just, movie. That movie, but the, the 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 real point for me is just that like 
this is a genre. It may not be your cup of tea, this genre, but is this movie the best of this genre? I'm thinking that depends on which genre you place it in, I suppose. If you say, oh, it's of Ben's, is this the best Ben Stiller movie? Ed Wood, by the way. Ed Wood, there my little My little Google machine yeah, yeah. helped me out right there. Is this the best Ben Stiller movie? Ben Stiller comedy. I, I gotta tell Night you. Night at the Museum? The Something About Mary something ranks about Mary? way up there for me. Uh, and uh, is this the best Robert Downey Jr. movie? It might be the best Jack Black movie. I it don't could know. be the best Jack Black movie. Although I gotta say, School of School Rock, School of Rock, way up there, right? And Gulliver's Travels. Travels. No, <laughs> I mean, nice try, swing and a miss. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I mean, uh, you can like go through it, right? Is it the best war movie? It's not the best war movie, but this is not a war movie, right? Yeah, yeah, this this is this is definitely an inception kind of down the rabbit hole <laughs> parody of Hollywood, um, and I I think I feel like this is the the this is the one I would go to to point that like if somebody's like can you think of a great parody satire of Hollywood right making movies where there's movies and movies and like you're like yeah. Tropic Thunder Tropic Thunder right yeah. Um, awards nominated for an Oscar for best supporting actor. Just already mentioned that Downey, uh, for best supporting actor lost to Heath Ledger, mm -hmm. but overall it did have 10 wins uh, in awards, 47 nominations. Right. And we got some trivia from IMDb on the film. This is one of my favorite pieces of trivia, actually. Kirk Lazarus says during the film, I don't drop character till I've done the DVD commentary. When recording the audio commentary for the unrated DVD and Blu-ray for Tropic Thunder, Robert Downey Jr. actually spends the entire commentary in the character that appears on the screen as the movie progresses. <laughs> so literally not dropping the character. Well, here's some info on the young actor. Sure. South Asian, Southeast Asian gang Flaming Dragon, led by a preteen boy, was modeled after God's Army, a guerrilla army in Myanmar. The group was led by twin brothers John Johnny Tu and Luther Tu, who were nine years old when it was founded in 1997. Johnny and Luther were fond of American action movie heroes, especially Rambo. There you go. As a part of the promotional tie-in, the booty sweat energy drink seen in the movie was, was available for a limited time on Amazon. And I just heard today, we were chatting before the before the podcast, that you can buy a can of this for 40 bucks. Yeah, which is why Brad McBoom did not buy it for us. That's why it's not on the table. <laughs> Dale Dye acted as a military advisor on this film, as he had done for Platoon in 1986. One of the movies spoofed in it. Uh, Stiller asked Dye beforehand if he didn't have any reservations about working on a film that effectively satirizes his livelihood. Dye is often known as a very serious fellow, mm -hmm. but this amused Dye, who's a broad lover of comedy and has no problems with veterans being made fun of, as most of them will actually resort to dark comedy in tense situations. He relished the opportunity to work on a comedy as long as it wouldn't portray military people doing things that they would never do under any circumstances, but because this movie was portraying what actors think that soldiers do and they did not right. do it right, right, it was okay. It was okay. Yeah. So the part of Rick Peck was written with Ben Siller's friend and frequent co-star Owen Wilson in mind, as you said earlier, but he was involved in an apparent suicide attempt shortly before filming when it began and was still in recovery. So again, that's why Matthew McConaughey 
stepped in for that role. So Ben Stiller first came up with this idea for the film while working on Empire of the Sun, which 19, I didn't know he worked on. 1987, he said in interviews at the time, he had friends who acted in Platoon 1986, and they would go on about the intense boot camp preparation and simulation of war these projects involved, as well as how it made them feel like real soldiers. And Stiller found this funny because he thought being an actor in a war film it was nothing like being a real soldier in a real war. <laughs> so that was the seed of the idea that led to this movie. So for the fake trailer, Satan's Alley, uh, Tobey Maguire came in at the very last minute to film the role of Robert Downey Jr.'s monk lover. He did it as a personal favor for Ben Stiller and Downey, his Wonder Boys co-star. Co -star. His agent told Ben Stiller, you have him for three hours He's catching a plane to Europe later in the morning for his next film project. <laughs> so let's uh, let's do some voting time here and look at uh, what we think the council will say. Right now, Brad is obviously a yes because well, he he's nominated it. it. And one of the we have in the comments so far, we know that there is one no from Matthew Wade for mm -hmm. the reasons mm -hmm. that you can read about on the Facebook page. Yeah, they're all there. The rest. I haven't seen any votes in yet. We don't know yet. But I'll tell you what I'm going to guess. Yep. I'm going to guess that uh, that April and Giselle are both going to say no. And I'm only, I, they, I might be wrong about that. But I'm just going to say this movie doesn't really have them in mind. Maybe. I mean, April is a well-known, very strong proponent of Top Gun Maverick. But that's not exactly a war movie, nor a war comedy. So, so I think... That this movie has a very has a good chance of making it in, but it will be a fence sitter. I'm thinking five. Like it, I'm thinking five is how think, many yeses it's gonna get. You think it won't make it in? I don't think so. I wish it would. Yeah. Because if I had a vote by myself and I'm just gonna throw this out there, I'm gonna say yes. Yeah. You can tell just by the way I'm talking yeah, about. And the movie. I'm gonna say yes, but yeah. our votes are don't no, no, count for anything well, except they for the Facebook. On the Facebook poll. poll, and I'm actually clicking the button right now. They count on the Facebook poll, but the Facebook poll is already at 109 yeses, uh, well, it was earlier today, and 33 no's. With 13, I haven't seen it. That's a low number, by the way. And 13 need to rewatches. Those yeah. are pretty low numbers. Usually, you know, people are, well, I'll go back and check it out, but they've seen this one. So I'm saying yes is the Facebook poll, yes is Brad, and about three more yeses. I don't think it's going to make it, but I really wish it would. Yeah, and, and maybe this is just my hopefulness on it because I I really enjoyed the movie. Yeah, uh, but the uh, I feel it could it, it it could get up to seven and make it in. You think so? Um, we'll see. I'd love it if I'm wrong. We'll see. And um, that said, I don't. It's not a slam dunk. Not it's not it's not going to be anywhere. It's not it's not Schindler's List. It's not The Godfather. It's not are those good movies. It's, it's those are movies that slam dunked their way. It's not <laughs> Saving Private. It's Ryan. not Saving Private Ryan. Which didn't just slam dunk its way. It blew it up at the barreled way its way in. in. Yeah, um, yeah. So the Facebook poll is at a yes, and Brad's at a yes, and then we'll see what's left. We'll see. I hope it makes it. I really do. I really do. And you and I both said yes. If if yep. the uh, we'll we'll vote yes on the Facebook poll. Sure, just um, did, just did. In America. And uh, no surprise because Brad asked which movie we wanted to talk about. We, we both were like, oh, we can talk about that one. That's fun, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, any final thoughts you had on this? Um, 
you know, the the one thing is that I would I would I would hope that uh, council members would look at you know not just did it yes no for them personally, but like look objectively across the things that make a movie pantheon. Um, it's been interesting this year that a movie like Hook, for example, which I don't think is is divisive or um, uh, so un or, uh, uh, out of the ordinary as far as a comedy and an action film that that folks would 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 be divided on it. But they were very divided on Hook, yeah. but not divided on the Fantastic Mr. Fox or. Um, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Scott Pilgrim versus the World, which I thought both of those movies would be very divisive, yeah. and they were not. So, uh, so I, and I think that's because they were looked at from their their strong points and yeah. whether they are pantheon. So I hope that that they will. I don't think that comedies do as well with pantheon. No, as they don't. Movies. It's harder to judge. Yeah, the people have their flavors. Yeah, yeah. Um, the uh, I enjoyed the process. It was a good rewatch. I haven't oh, watched it in a while. It was fun, to and there was watch. there was things that I, I, I picked up this time through. Um, yeah, it, it's hard to think of a comedy being prestigious, right? Right, right. You know, like yeah, like okay, unless Forrest it's Gump, a serious comedy, it's, right? Yeah. It's like Forrest Gump, it's a comedy and it's a serious movie, and it follows. Uh, it follows a, a man, obviously, who's who's got who's, who's mentally disabled or Maybe mentally even handicapped. More slapstick, right? Yes, but yeah, and the, the stuff that he does and the things that happen to him, you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it, right? He's blowing through life like a wheat leaf on the wind, and just blasts through the Academy Awards as well, right? Yeah. So there you go. All right. As always, I hope everyone enjoyed tonight's conversation. Where can Video Land find you? On Facebook, right here at AV. And me as well. You can find us on Instagram, adventuresinvideoland.com, our website. But the conversation always begins and ends on Facebook. So, friends, you have been listening to Criticism in its finest hour. Until next time, Videolanders, you... Make me happy. That's so horribly offensive. Why would you say that? Wait, hold yeah, on. There's that, a better way for us. That's to pretty act. good. But but how about this? We, we love, love you. you.